How we doing, Red Sox Nation? The Red Sox drop a 2-1 decision to the Blue Jays at Fenway to finish up the regular season. We'll put a button on the regular season and look ahead to the playoffs all this week on Red Sox Wrap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. And for last, for last, I want to thank all of you, the fans. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All of you. Thank you. You guys are the best. What's up, Red Sox Nation? Welcome to another edition of Red Sox Wrap of 360. I'm Mike Conley. That, of course, is David Ortiz's rousing speech in his last regular season game today at Fenway Park. Unfortunately, the Red Sox dropped a 2-1 to to Toronto, so they're going to have to go on the road to face the Cleveland Indians. That'll start up Thursday in the ALDS. But uh, what a great regular season it was for the Boston Red Sox. I mean, quite a group. They kind of went out in the limp. You know, limping to the finish line, uh, losing five out of their last six, but that's coming after an 11-game win streak, which vaulted them into uh, contention and ultimately winning the AL East division. So we got to be happy about that. So thanks for tuning in with us. As you can see, I'm all alone today. So if you feel sorry for me, jump into the discussion with me. You can do that on our YouTube page. You just go to youtube.com and slash TV, and, you know, just click in the Red Sox Rap 360 icon there and uh, throw us some questions there. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, it's been a great season for the Red Sox. Uh, this humble predictor predict 91 wins, so they end up with 93. So they exceeded even my lofty expectations. And they went from worst last year to first again. And according to Elias, that they become the first team ever in Major League Baseball to go worst to first twice in a five-year span. So, uh, you know, quite an interesting thing there. And, you know, I mean, for somebody that, uh, you know, went his first X amount of years in life going without a World Series uh, victory to cheer for or a World Series champion to cheer for, Hey, you know, this is fine. You know, if we go last three out of every five years and then the remaining two times we win a World Series, knock wood, I'll be a happy camper, and I'm sure you guys will too. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to join the discussion, hit the YouTube page, or, you know, if you want to give us a call in studio, we'll do it the old-fashioned way. You can hit us up 424-253-0504. So... Two to one loss today, and you know they faced Toronto's best. Toronto really needed the game. Uh, there was a chance that they might not make the playoffs if they lost and Detroit won. So, and then Detroit won again tomorrow if they, they would have had to play a makeup game. Uh, and it's too bad for the Red Sox because they already knew they were in and facing the Cleveland Indians, but they could have made Cleveland play another game tomorrow and potentially burn another pitcher in tomorrow's game if they had just won today. So uh, kind of a missed opportunity for the Red Sox. And, you know, it would have been nice to have home field advantage in the ALDS, you know, throughout uh, throughout that, that series, the three out of five series. But now, hey, they're going to have to go on the road. The Red Sox have been a good road team this year. So 
One of the highlights from today is uh, they were facing uh, one of Toronto's best, Aaron Sanchez, a guy who, if he wasn't out for a lot of the season, uh, you know, with just trying to slow down his inning because he's a youngster, he would have been in that Cy Young, uh, Cy Young discussion with Rick Porcello. And, uh, you know, because he finished up the year, I think, 15-2 and two with an ERA in the low threes, three point. Zero eight, I believe, but he had filthy stuff today. The kid's filthy. He was uh, no hitting uh, the Red Sox through six and two thirds until Manny Ramirez went deep uh, over the foul pole and left. And you know it was it, it was held up by review because it was like directly over the foul pole. Uh, and then uh, you know they obviously uh, John Gibbons came out and challenged or had him take a look at it, and it held up. And interestingly enough, that was uh, Hanley's 30th home run of the year, giving the Red Sox their first trio of players ever with 30 home runs and 100-plus RBIs in the same season. The Red Sox did before have uh, 30 home, three players with 30 home runs in the same series. And actually, if you can tell me uh, what year that was and who those players were, hit me up, like I say, on the YouTube page. Or give me a buzz. Uh, and I'll remind me to give me that that answer at the end of the show. Oh yeah, but hey, you know you got it. Was kind of an anticlimactic week because you know they're in the Bronx, they get swept by the Yankees, you know, which is never a good thing. But two great things happened for the, us, those of us in Red Sox Nation. They clinched the division on a night when they lost, when Craig Kimball blew it in the ninth. And Mark Teixeira, former Red Sox draftee, hits a grand slam, walk-off grand slam in that one. So that was a little bit anticlimactic. You know, I was kind of bummed about that, uh, you know, because I was like, you know, I want the Red Sox to go out on a win. And they ended up kind of losing that one and then still celebrating. You know, let me know if I'm making a mountain out of a molehill on that one and say, just chill, calmly, you know. They're in the playoffs, and that's what matters, and that's what we should be happy about. But um, they will face the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians, the uh, fighting Franconas uh, of Cleveland, you know, our old manager, uh, Terry Tito Francona. It'll be good to see him. And uh, there's some familiar faces over there uh, with Mike Napoli. Uh, and I believe they have Kugo Crisp as well that they acquired in a uh, trade in August. But... Um, they're a little banged up. They are a little banged up. They were, that was a team that really got by a lot this year on terrific starting pitching, and some of their starters are a little dinged up. Uh, Carlos Carrasco broke his finger, and he won't be around for the, for this series, or it looks like probably the entire playoffs. Um, another guy, um, who else did they have Corey Kluba left a stop the other day, but he looks ready to go in game two. So it looks like, well, before we get into the ALDS discussion, I do want to put a button on this season and how the Red Sox shake out as far as postseason awards. You know, I mean, it looks as if it's, when you listen to the pundits, it seems like it's a two-horse race for AL MVP. And that will be, you know, our stud from the Red Sox, uh, Mookie Betts, uh, versus Mike Trout. But, I mean, there should be a third horse in that race, and that should be David 
Big Papi Ortiz, who played his regular final regular season game at Fenway today. And, you know, it's been a long season with Papi, uh, everybody kind of giving him awards and what have you. And it was like quite an extravaganza. Uh, you know, they honored him Friday night pregame for all his work he does uh, through the David uh, Ortiz Children's Fund and uh, all his off-field work. Then uh, kind of the the sports figures of Boston came out before Saturday's game, and there was a bunch of Patriots and Celtics and Bruins there. And then today, uh, a bunch of his old teammates were there. It was fantastic. A who's who of uh, Red Sox lore. And, um, you know, they had the three trophies there that David Ortiz was a huge part of bringing to Boston and breaking the curse. In 04, of course, his countrymen, Pedro Martinez brought that out. And uh, the 07 trophy was brought out by Mike Lowell. And the 013 trophy was brought out by Johnny Gomes. So you got to love it. It was good to see those familiar faces coming and celebrate, celebrate the man and the legend, Big Poppy David Ortiz, number 34. That number 34, coincidentally, will go up in the rafters. That isn't me pontificating that was stated today and they won't wait for him to go into the hall of fame which he ultimately will be the first designated hitter to go into the hall of fame because he's the best designated hitter of all time but it will go up next season so they won't even now wait for that and that'll be the first number retired by the red sox that is from a player that didn't go into the major league baseball hall of fame before it went up in the rafters at fenway and uh you know it's well deserved i mean the guy was instrumental like I said, to breaking that 86-year curse back in 2004, you know, and making this guy right here in front of you a much nicer person in doing so. Um, oh, Big Poppy. He did kind of, as most of the Red Sox did, uh, kind of finish the season on a little bit of a downturn uh, with the in the hits department. Uh, they they kind of sputtered towards the end. Uh, which is unfortunate because this is a lineup that really has been carrying the Red Sox through a lot of the season, you know, and like had to wait for the pitching to catch up, which the pitching ultimately did in the last fun, kind of final two months of the season. And the bullpen here in the final month has looked good, uh, despite Kimbrell's implosion. Let's shelf that for for a little bit later in the show. But, um, oh, boy. Yeah, so... He kind of, in the last week, he's only been two for 20. So I'm a little alarmed at that. Um, you know, uh, you know, hand rams hitting under 100 in the last week. Um, you know, his bomb today, hopefully that kind of gets him out of the schneid. Uh, Andrew Bentatendi's hit 211 over the last week. Mookie's even only been at 250. So uh, the bats have been quiet. The good news is we have been getting good pitching performances. So... As the old saying goes, what counts in the playoffs is pitching. So we'll have to see uh, how that holds up. The Red Sox are going to line up. Uh, they're going to throw Rick Porcello out there, and that's well uh, earned in game one on Thursday in Cleveland, followed by Price. And then it's looking like it's probably going to be maybe Clay Buckholtz, who really finished the season strong. So... We shall see how that shakes out. And then in the game forward, Wado Rodriguez. I don't know if those have been announced yet, but that's probably how they'll go and mix it up. Righty, lefty, righty, lefty, I would guess. 
So uh, as far as postseason awards go, like I was saying earlier, it does seem like all the pundits are kind of saying it's a two-horse race between Mike Trout and Mookie Betts and stuff. But that's just because all the people that uh, vote discount DHs. And so Poppy's not in the discussion, but that's ridiculous. He's the best clutch hitter in all of baseball. And when you look at, you break down the MVP award, what does MVP stand for? Most valuable player. And who can argue that David Ortiz hasn't been the most valuable player in all of baseball to his team? I know there's a lot of youngins on this team and they're studs and stuff, but can you really tell me that the Red Sox would have won the AL East without Big Poppy's contributions this year? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he's at 37 home runs, 124 RBIs. Those are the most every, anybody's ever done in the final year of his career. Uh, he's also had the highest slugging percentage he's ever had uh, of anybody in their final season. So, I mean, just put the guy in there. Had another home run this week. That puts him at 541 home runs. Uh, that puts him 17th on the all-time list in between Mike Schmidt and Mickey Mantle. So it's pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous. And you could just see how beloved he is in Boston, you know, with the rousing ovation. And just how many people showed up, all his old teammates. Manny Ramirez was in the house. Uh, and, you know, it, it was great. And they, the president from the Dominican Republic showed up. So you had the president from the Dominican Republic, the best hitter to ever come out of the Dominican Republic, and the best pitcher to ever come out of the Dominican Republic in Pedro Martinez, you know, all in the same field today. And they even played the Dominican Republic National Anthem, which I thought was a nice touch, and unfurled the flag on the green monster. It was really, really a fantastic touch. Sorry, I had to take a sip of water there. Flying solo, you know, you get a little <gasps> parched. Hello. So... To me, it's kind of a little bit of a joke uh, that you're talking about Mike Mike Trout as uh, an MVP candidate. I mean, I think you really should be, if your team isn't even 500, you know, you shouldn't even be in the discussion, okay? Uh, the, The Angels finished 74 and 88, you know? So when you talk about most valuable player, it's like if they didn't have Mike Trout, don't you think they could have maybe put together, mustered together 74 wins, you know, or at least a fourth-place finish? I mean, they only finished five ahead of the A's who finished in the, in the basement. And I know there's precedent set for this, you know, with uh, Dawson for a last-place Cubs team, Andre Dawson in 1987, and A-Rod in, like, 03 for, like, a fourth-place Rangers team. So there is precedent set. I mean... Quite frankly, I really, you know, I was kind of behind the Hawk Dawson one because he kind of had a monster year. But, I mean, A-Rod, you know, and then, like, you can look back at, like, George Bell, a team that, you know, Alan Trammell kind of got shafted. I really think your team should not only be 500, quite frankly, but you should be eliminated from contention if you're not 500. But just, like, be in the playoffs, shouldn't you? So, I mean, some other uh, AL MVP candidates that maybe fell by the wayside, an early favorite uh, Jose Altuve, a guy that's going to win the batting title. Uh, but, you know, Betts, I believe, is second in the American League in batting. So, you know, he's right there. He's a stud in, like, a bunch of categories. I mean, So, to me, I go back and forth every day on 
whether it should be Poppy, whether it should be Betts. And ultimately, I decide on Poppy just because, you know, of the age factor. I mean, I think Mookie Betts is going to be in the AL MVP, you know, discussion for the next 15 years. Hopefully all 15 of those in a Red Sox uniform, knock wood. But, but Poppy, I mean, it's just he's going out. And he's going out in style. I mean, a monster year. Nobody else in all of Major League Baseball has an OPS over 1,000. Poppy does. And the dude's 40. And he's leading the majors in doubles, you know. He's leading in slugging. You know, he's leading in extra base hits. So it's like, just take a look at this guy and, like, look past the fact that he's you know, a DH and all that stuff. There's plenty of people that have won the MVP that were subpod defenders, and that was looked past by the voters, by the writers, you know, and this should be another instance of that. I mean, George Bell in 87, I mean, like the aforementioned George Bell, it's like he was never a good fielder. It's like, like, why is he in the mix? And like outfielding, is that really a demanding position? You know, so that could be something that like puts you above you know, if you're an exceptional outfielder, like a Mookie Betts, uh, but, you know, it shouldn't really detract from you if you have all that kind of offensive stats. But, oh, well, let me know what you think about the MVP race. The Cy Young race, if Ben was uh, Ben Faye was here with me today, he'd be saying that was, that's a slam dunk because uh, Rick Porcello, uh, you know, he should just win that. He, he simply should. I mean... I know that, um, you know, wins are kind of an overrated stat, but 22-4, and four, you can't really overlook that. And, I mean, it's not like his, he. I know he got great, uh, you know, run support, but the guy still had a three, 3.15 ERA in 223 innings. So, I mean, and a 1.01 whip, plus he had the best strikeout-to-walk ratio in the game, and... That's if you discount Kershaw because Kershaw didn't have the minimum amount of innings because he was uh, hurt. But definitely in the American League, and I mean, you, you what, what's the stiffest competition? You know, maybe J. A. Happ, who's a guy that was the only other twenty-game winner in all of baseball. He had a nice year, no doubt about it. But you know, Porcello's got a better ERA than him, and he's got more wins, so that's kind of a slam dunk uh, and a better whip. So. Uh, you know, let me know what you think about Ricky P and what do you think about, uh, you know, David Ortiz on Mookie Betts, who you like in that discussion. And also let me know if you remember who the Red Sox trio was before this season, who had 30 home runs in a season. All right. That will be good. I'll let you know at the end of the show if you don't get it. So you can do that by clicking in on the YouTube chat room or hit me up here in Studio 424-253-0504. This is going to be, uh, this is, you know, obviously a great time because we are have the calendars in October, so it's a great time for baseball. And uh, so with the win today, Toronto actually becomes the first wildcard team. So they are going to host the uh, Baltimore Orioles. So when we looked, when we talked about uh, the AL East being really a black and blue division, uh, when we started this show back in April, or March, I guess, yeah, March, uh, they, 
uh, we were talking about it being a tough division, the AL East. And, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of if we got three teams in the playoffs. And that's exactly what happened. Certainly none of us really thought that Baltimore Orioles would be one of those teams. But somehow that lineup did what we thought the lineup was going to be doing, but their pitching really held up. And a lot of that has to do with their fantastic bullpen at the end where they have Rock, uh, an an all-star this year in the AL, and also Britton, who's been unconscious. And like I say, possibly Porcello stiffest competition for a Cy Young. So, but their uh, starters held up. They got, uh, you know... Dylan Bundy, a guy who was former number one overall pick, who's had some arm trouble. He's coming into his own. Chris Tillman, uh, steady as a rock there. And uh, they've even been getting some uh, good pitching lately from retread. Ubaldo Jimenez, who's been pitching for the past month as if it's 2010. Somebody tell him it's 016, and he's not that good. But it'll be interesting. I'm kind of pulling, not that I'm worried either way. There's one team I'm pulling for and you guys know who that is in the AL, but in that, that wildcard game, it'd be nice to see Toronto pull through in there and see a rematch of, uh, Blue Jays and the Rangers going back to Jose Bautista's bat flip, uh, last year. So that kind of ignited, uh, the feud they have for, between those two teams. And, you know, which is why Roofnet Odoa, uh, you know, punched Joey Bats in the face this year, earlier this season. And <laughs> it'd be nice to see them get all chippy and maybe ideally, you know, beat the crap out of each other. And so go to a, you know, five game series in that where they have like bench clearing ball brawls twice a game. And, uh, you know, by the time they get to the Red Sox, Knockwood, provided they get past the fighting Franconis, they're a little, uh, you know, banged up and uh, spent. But I will tell you, I mean, maybe this is just my pre-04 uh, Mike Conley coming in. I'm a little bit nervous at the quiet. The, the bat's going a little bit of quiet here at the end of the season. And I'm a little bit quiet about Craig Kimbrell. Uh, excuse me, a little bit worried about Craig Kimbrell. Uh, the guy, I mean, I, he's still a top five closer in the game, or at least top ten, so it's good to have one of those. And we didn't really have one of those the past couple of seasons, not until Koji was being Koji back in 013. It's good to have Koji back as maybe a little insurance policy, and he's really settled down that eighth inning. So it is good to have him back in there. And the, like I say, the, uh, the bullpen has looked good over the past three to four weeks, so... But tell me if I'm a little ridiculous, if I'm, I'm say, don't worry about it, Conley, calm the Jets, the bullpen's going to be fine. Please let me know about that. Let me know in the YouTube chat room or hit me up in studio, 424-253-0504. Thanks for tuning in, gang. But looking forward, we're going to have Porcello versus Trevor Bauer for them in game one. That'll be Thursday. Okay, and unfortunately, we'll have to go to Cleveland to make that happen. And then, like I said, we'll be pricing. They had their, I guess you'd call their ace, their staff, and also another AL Cy Young candidate, uh, Corey Kluber. Okay, and he is going, he left his last start with some uh, quad tightness or hamstring tightness. So that's why he's not going game one for them. So he's going to pitch a simulated game, I guess, tomorrow. And they're going to see how he's doing. But they are a little banged up uh, in, their, in their starting rotation. They're, uh, 
They were also down uh, Danny Salazar. Carrasco, like I said, who we won't see in this series. Salazar is also, I think, going to pitch a sim game midweek, and they're going to see if he can come back. But there's a potential they will be without two of their top four starters. Um, so we'll have to see how that shakes out. Oh, boy, Mike Napoli, a uh, member of, as we know, uh, 2013 world champion Boston Red Sox. He's got over 30 homers for them. I think he ended up with 33 homers. So that'll be interesting to see uh, where it shakes out uh, with them. Uh, you know, we'll have to pitch around him a little bit. Little bit, little bit. Because when you look at the rest of that lineup, they do have some good hits. Uh, Francisco Lindor, outside uh, MVP candidate. Uh, but, you know, he's vaulted in the fact that his team actually won the division, and maybe they kind of look past the stats, but a hell of a young player, only in his second year in the league. So they have quite a team over there, and we all know what Tito can do, uh, pushing the right buttons. He pushed the right buttons for two years in Boston in 04 and 07. So, you know, we know it's going to be formidable. And I do want to ask you, where do you think John Farrell, a guy that has been kind of raked over the coals, you know, around the league and really even in Red Sox Nation. Uh, where does he stand as far as uh, manager of the year? You know, could he have a shot? Will he get some votes? Will he finish top three? Will he win it? Let us know. You know, give us, uh, if you don't call in tonight or hit us up in the YouTube chat room, let us know on the comment section and uh, hit us up on that and let us know who you think for all of those awards. Uh, we don't have a Rookie of the Year candidate, unfortunately, but if Andrew Penitenti was up the whole year, maybe he would have been in that mix. Uh, next year he will be. Uh, but let us know who you like for Rookie of the Year in the AL, uh, MVP in the AL, uh, Cy Young in the AL, and Manager of the Year in the AL. So let us know on that. But some ridiculous years. Uh, yeah, by Interesting uh, to note, uh, against righties, I don't know if you noticed this, folks. They, uh, John Farrell this week dropped Xander Bogots down in the lineup a little bit. So he's no longer hitting two. They got him down to six versus righties. So that, that was interesting to note. And I wonder, um, I'm assuming that's going to be the case moving forward. And, you know, that's a guy that was hitting kind of around that 320 mark for a, lo a lot of the year. But, you know, after a September where he hit only 239, you know, he's dropped down. I think he finished the year around 294. So, you know, it's uh, still a nice year for Xander, but, you know, not quite a Mookie Betts type year. I mean, just look at the type of year Mookie Betts had. 158 games he played, 122 runs, 214 hits, 42 doubles, 31 bombs, 113 RBIs. Unbelievable. I mean, he hit 318. Stole 26 bases. I mean, this guy is filthy. Another guy who hit 200 hits on the Red Sox, Dustin Pedroia, a guy who has absolutely been reborn this season with the Red Sox, clearly having his best year uh, since his MVP campaign in 2008. He also scored over 100 runs with 105 runs and had 15 bombs with 36 doubles and knocked in 74. So... He's a guy that's, uh, you know, playing at a high level right now, uh, playing defensively as well. I think a short change poppy earlier, he's actually got 38 homers and 127 RBIs. So, uh, and, you know, finished the year hitting 315 with an on-base percentage of 401. Just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. And like I say, that OPS of 1021, 
Nobody else in all of Major League Baseball has an OPS over 1,000. So it is absolute ludicrous the year he is having. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Uh, so nobody hit me up with a little trivia question on what was the only other Red Sox trio other than the trio this year of Betts, Poppy, and Hanram uh, to hit 30 home runs in the regular season. And you have to go all the way back to 1977 to get that one. And that was uh, my personal fan fra- uh, favorite player growing up, uh, Jim Ed Rice. Uh, we had like over 40 that year, I think. And then uh, George Boomer Scott, former first baseman. And then this one was kind of shocking. I was very shocked by this. Butch Hobson had 30 that year. That was actually my sister's favorite player growing up. Shout out to Kathy Martin. But uh, that was the only other time in Red Sox hitting. So this is just another kind of example of... Uh, you know, how prolific this offense is for the Boston Red Sox. So we talk all the time on this program about having all the facets in the game, being pitching, starting pitching, relief pitching, hitting, defense. And the Red Sox are towards the top of all these. Certainly they have the best hitting club in all of baseball that we've seen when you when you look over the whole six months of the regular season. And like I say, that pitching start, starting to come along. You look at the AL leaders in the second half of baseball, and they are up top in all those uh, categories for that. And like I say, the, this, this bullpen is starting to round into form. So if Kimbrell can just stop walking people, because that's when he was at his best, uh, back with the Padres, uh, he was not walking people. Uh, excuse me, not with the Padres, but with uh, the uh, Braves. And then a little bit with the Padres. He was still good then. But uh, boom, 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 boom. I'll tell you what. So Thursday, uh, excuse me, the AL uh, wildcard game is Tuesday. So keep your eye out for that. That will be Baltimore at Toronto. Uh, and then uh, we will get Cleveland come Thursday. And we will have to go to, uh, I think it's Progressive Field now, formerly known as the Jake, uh, in Cleveland to start that one off. So get behind your Boston Red Sox, folks, because it's an exciting time. I know everybody wants to kind of get behind the pats because it's football season, but don't forget, you have a tremendously exciting baseball team to root for. Plus, you know, the pats lost on Sunday. They got shut out by the Bills, so, (laughs) you know. Get behind the Red Sox. Coincidentally, if you do follow the Pats Hardcore, we do have a Patriots show here at AfterBuzz Studios. That's Wednesday nights, usually around 11, 12, 11, 11 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday nights. So check us out. Patriots Rap 360 on that one. Check us out on that. And uh, Sunday nights, all throughout the playoffs, we are here for... Red Sox wrap 360, and we do it about uh, around that same time, 11, 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Sunday nights. So hit us up on that. But I think that's all I get, got for you. You know, I'm going a little potch, but I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for tuning in for us on another edition of Red Sox Rap 360. Oh, yeah. Cue the music, baby. Go Red Sox. 
from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. They do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.